what's this? Somebody had the idea to do a daily Star Wars podcast counting down the final days till The Force Awakens hits theaters? Who would be crazy enough to do that? Uh, well, the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is me. It's Riley Blanton of the Star Wars Report. We debut Star Wars Tonight, right now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Star Wars Tonight, the premiere episode, episode number one. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. I host a little Star Wars podcast called The Star Wars Report, but I'm super excited about this brand new project that we're bringing to the website uh, in this very special time that Star Wars returns to theaters. But uh, I'm not alone. I'm very excited to bring on the Monday co-host. Uh, someone who I've had yeah. enormous respect for for the longest time in the media. It's the co-host of Night Attack, comedian extraordinaire, Justin Robert Young. What's up? What's going on, Justin? Thank you so much, Riley. That, that's that's a hell of an intro you got there. This is going to be fun, man. It's all it's all new. It's, uh, it's getting used to it, man. <laughs> uh, but it's all new. Uh, We're all in new territory now. I mean, are we? I mean, it kind of feels like we did this like a couple decades <laughs> ago, right? Does it feel a little familiar? I should, I should say, I should be careful uh, t- before I speak because fifty percent of us on this call did, but the other one wasn't uh, wasn't really in the whole Star Wars fandom yet, and yet it has brought us both here on opposite sides right, of a Skype just, call. Just depress me with how young you were when, <laughs> when episode one came out. Just depress me, please. <laughs> all right, all right. So when you were uh, uh, at your high school. Typing yeah. away, if, if folks like way throwback to uh, the Star Wars report, um, yeah, yep. It, typing away your review, your glowing review of Star Wars episode one. A glowing one. review for the Sword and Shield, the Sword and Shield newspaper at South Plantation High School. Yes, I was across the globe. Uh, an eight-year-old Riley Blanton was in Samarkand, Uzbekistan. That's exactly where I was. Oh, jeez! I kid you not, man. Yeah, no, my dad um, was a nonprofit uh, guy, and so he worked, uh, he worked overseas for a number of years. And, and it's funny, he's the one who eventually would introduce me to Star Wars, but it wouldn't be until a few years later. So it's, I have the weirdest, weirdest Star Wars story when it comes to like people. And I, I still kind of get, I don't know, sometimes it's almost easy to poke fun of how stereotypical everyone's Star Wars experience was, uh, where it's just like, well, I was eight years old, and it showed up on HBO, and it was pirated. My parents, we watched it over and over again. The VHS tape, well, I didn't have any of those stories. Um, I didn't watch The Phantom Menace until two or three years after it came out, actually. So, um, yeah, it's that, that's, that's, that's my story. But what we're here to do, uh, I, I was yeah. going to say, what we're here to do is a daily podcast, Monday through Thursday with a various guest co-host. Monday, you're, Monday Justin, you're kicking us off. And um, yep. we're going to kind of do, I think for this uh, episode... I would love, unfortunately, just don't have the time. I just realized maybe this, this project suddenly might change right now to like 30 minutes. But, but no, we're going to keep it tight. It's going to be a daily, a daily show that has uh, one segment. It's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes. We're going to kind of share our Star Wars experience, maybe whatever the headlines of the, are of the day and whatever the fan community is talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But I figure what better way to kick us off than have uh, a political correspondent 
Justin Robert Young, yes. give us the state of the Star Wars Union. Ladies and gentlemen, live to Oakland, California, it is Justin Robert Young. Take it away, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, all of you. You're, 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 no, you, no, you keep cheering. <laughs> I'm not a hero. Uh, all right. So the state of the Star Wars Union, it, it might be the most excited it's ever been. Uh, and, and, and I don't mean to say that it is, uh, you know, there's just more people than there ever have been interested in it. The most jaded cynics have, I think at this point, been won over enough to give the movie a fair shot at the very least, right? I don't think anybody's yeah. rooting for it to fail or expecting it to fail. Really the most uh, biting criticism, uh, you know, that, that you can kind of find if you're going to be, you know, honest about it is like, well, look at at the most recent history for both Star Wars and... For J.J. Abrams, they are not necessarily coming off their best works, right? You know, episode yeah. three uh, for for however people want to slot it into the uh, prequel trilogy uh, on in terms of quality. I don't think could really come close to sniffing the 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 original trilogy, um, or at least anybody realistic would say that. And J.J. Abrams, you know. His last two movies were Super 8 and Star Trek Into Darkness that were not exactly, uh, you know, I think his best, his best work. So, And it's interesting because you, even with J.J.'s most recent projects, there is an aspect of them. There's certainly many defenders of them, but I don't think anyone can question that they didn't really, like, hit a cultural uh, home run, like, say, something like Guardians of the Galaxy is. And that's kind of what people want out of Star Wars. And I think to, to understand where we are, we need to understand where we've come from. And, and Justin, the reason I have you on the show, I can't stress yeah. this enough because uh, between you and, of course, we had Brian Brushwood on the Star Wars Report podcast last week. It's, uh, you guys lend a, a unique perspective in the world of the hardcore, passionate Star Wars fan base that really started uh, Star Wars podcasting as it began just three, four, five years ago. And that part of Star Wars fandom, we're the folks that if it has the Star Wars label on it, we love the universe yeah. so much. We will find, I yeah. mean, we find, we find plenty to complain about, but there's just as much uh, that we will absolutely find to fall in love with. And I think you lend a unique perspective in that you're not going to do a Plinket review each week here, but I think you can help lend a more um, balanced and diverse perspective that kind of talks about those who weren't as hardcore into the fandom in the age that Riley was like, look at Darth Maul's lightsaber. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because there's, there's always an element of genre fandom. And, and I don't mean this specifically just for stardom, but for fantasy, for horror, for, for, for anything that has kind of been walled off uh, from like, you, 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 you find yourself defining genre fandom as a element of art for which, you can't like it doesn't so easily bleed into the mainstream. Like you can't just make a movie with zombies and say, Oh, here's a movie. It's going to be a horror movie, right? You can't yeah. make a movie with a wizard and have it just be a movie. It's got to be 
a, a fantasy movie. You can't make a movie with a laser sword. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, 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 you know, science fantasy with like Star Wars is. So it's like, no matter what, in any of those genres, there are some people, and that's, it's fine if you're one of these people. I have no criticism. Uh, but just that they are there because lightsabers are cool, right? Or they're there because they like zombies. And that's what people who watch The Walking Dead, they're there because they just love uh, spells and potions. And that's why they like fantasy. And that's fine. Because if you want to see those things in action, this is where you can see them. For me, Star Wars is so unique and so amazing because there is no greater combination of so many amazing things, including those genre elements, which have obviously become so iconic, but, but also uh, a, an amazing setting for a, a, a universe that can tell war stories. You can tell stories of, uh, you, you can tell heroic stories. You can tell fantasy stories. You can tell very science fictiony stories. And so, uh, you know, when you, when you have a universe where you can so effortlessly bounce between the flying saucer that's going to shoot its death ray and blow up the world with yeah. your, uh, you know, very fantasy element hero who's rising up from nothing and, and needs to make a, a mark bigger than he ever thought he could with the like very kind of gritty World War II. We need to move our bombardments to the left and not the right. And then somebody's going to take a, a gamble that'll change everything. Like that's what Star Wars represents. And, and when Star Wars doesn't execute on that premise, whether or not you think it's good or not, I think it's indisputable that you're leaving something on the table because it can tell that story in a way that not many franchises can. That's an excellent way, leaving something on the table because when you talk about the phenomenon that, uh, that, that Star Wars was in 77, uh, it's indisputable that it was that as much of a, as a um, phenomenon that, say, The Phantom Menace was, it just... I think it was largely carrying off the world and the story that had been set up that we knew the ending to, right? Uh, that, the, the, that the Titanic yeah. would sink. Uh, and, and so it's just, you, you can fall in love with that world, but I think that brings us to today, which is just a world of potential. Like these last 30 days, or 31 as we're recording this, but these last 30 days, unless you live in France, um, these last days, you have the opportunity to take part in something incredibly unique. We can all, all unify in how much we really want this Star Wars to be good. So take us to today, and what does that mean now? For me, it means that I finally shut off the uh, I need more uh, trailer content. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah? Now every day, it seems like there's another... TV spot or something like that. And I've, 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 I've turned those, I've turned that desire off. Like I'm so prepared for it. Although I'm not going to lie to you, Riley. I'm a little, I know this is their point. I know there's a million good reasons for it, but in general with trailers, I always get nervous when trailers don't show story. I always get nervous. And this is not about star Wars. This is in general. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, guardians of the galaxy. What a great trailer, right? And you know, it's a gang of misfits. They, uh, they don't like each other. They get locked up. They need to get out. And you, and you get a sense of who each one of them are. That is character, setup, plot, story, right? Yeah. Like you, you have all of those four ingredients told in a minute and a half. You, you know who the villain is. You know who the protagonists and antagonists are and what their motivations are. 
And even even in, that, in, 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 in Guardians of the Galaxy, you really didn't even know who the villain was. You just knew that there was going to be a bunch of uh, a ragtag group of people that were going to have to pull together and solve a big thing, right? Or at the yeah. very least, get out of that prison because mm-hmm. the trailer pretty much wraps itself around the fact that you know they're being all processed and uh, they're cracking jokes or, or showing elements of their personality while they are, are being run through the system, the processing system. Star Wars, or at least all the Force Awakens trailers that we've seen, have either been just flashes of imagery... Yes. Or, at the very least, theoretically, theme-appropriate monologues from characters for which we haven't seen. That's true. Uh, In fact, I'm trying to think with the all three trailers, the international trailer and each of the theatrical trailers, just to lend perspective, have a voiceover. And in the first one, it's uh, the mysterious, we didn't even know his name at the time, but whoever this Supreme Leader Snoke is, uh, Andy Serkis' character. Haven't seen him. Yeah. In the second one, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Uh, you saw the, uh, you saw, you were in Anaheim when they debuted the trailer. Still haven't seen him. Yes. And then this, this international yeah. trailer, you have whoever this pirate uh, lord Maz Kanata is. Uh, and even in the TV spot where she's, you know, I know your eyes. We we see these sort of general thematic uh, hints and and I guess imagery, but that is all we've seen so far. So we, I mean, like we have a general idea. Now, if you are making the argument, you make the argument that, hey, J.J. Abrams will never in his life, a man who is obsessive about protecting secrecy, will never in his life have a chance to spring fully formed a bigger story on a bigger audience. Right? Yeah. That's safe to say. I Nobody think, I think that's in, fair. Because I mean, past this, let's say, I know he's not going to direct episode nine, right? But let's say he did. Even then, people are going to know, oh, well, Ray needs to do that and Finn needs to do that and I wonder if they're going to get Snoke and yada, yada, yada. Right? We know that these are elements to the story. Never again will in his lifetime he get to just say, Step into the theater and let me take you on a journey. Yeah. And I can see where trailers take away from that because now you know, you know, and, and of course you can find this stuff out online. Sure, sure. Right? sure. But if like, you seek it out. If you seek it out. But for me, I don't know how Ray and Finn necessarily come to be together or, or come to meet. I don't know how they run into Han Solo. I don't know where any of these people really factor into things. I don't know where we've seen the universe except for some of the imagery for which I can kind of draw my own clues from that, you know, when you have a gigantic, you know, two iconic spaceships from the previous war uh, crashed in the desert, I can assume, okay, well, that is a great establishing shot to show that, you know, where we are, that this is a war long past that has uh, its scars still emblazoned on the universe that it was fought on. Yes. Uh, But beyond that, Part of me is nervous about it. Part of me is like, oh, I just wish I had one trailer that just was just a little, you know, just give me, give me something like just from, from uh, a turning point in the story for, for Ray or for Finn, right? Yeah. Just give me one little thing that makes me say like, oh, wow, this story knows where it's going and we're not just going to spend 30 minutes talking about trade negotiation 
<laughs> Fair enough, man. Because I, it's 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 so it's such a dual confusion. It's uh, you should have <laughs> the other week with uh, with Brian. Uh, on the on the Star Wars Report podcast, you could just hear the 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 pain that I was inflicting on him. I was like, "Well, let's talk about the new TV spot and more footage." And you know, there are yeah. those because the thing is, is if it's good, the less you know about it, the yeah. I think the more impactful it could be. I think that's the at least a large school of thought. So I think for me overall, and I think in closing in this sort of uh, pseudo state of the Star Wars union, it's the most exciting time to be a Star Wars fan ever since 1997. I don't think that could be debated. I, I think because of the creatives behind it and because of the track record of those creatives behind it, and I'm not just speaking of J.J. Abrams. I'm speaking of everything we've seen so far and the entire cast and crew that we know are working on this film. I think we have the oh, potential. Oh, no, no. Without a doubt. Let me, let me uh, since it, this is the State of the Union, let me be clear. Uh, <laughs> the almost more exciting than just J.J. Abrams is Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan. Yes. Few people know how to write a Star Wars story better than Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan, in the absolute must-read How Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris Taylor, I believe. Yes, indeed. You know, makes the point that the reason why he didn't work on episode one was because Lucas put the condition that, hey, I want you to help me with this script, but Darth Vader has to remain a kid. And he was just like, no, well, if that's the case, then we're not going to do it. I'm not going to touch it. And that was, when you look back, maybe one of the biggest problems with the the entire prequel decision-making process is that, uh, you know, we, we, that, that is such an extraneous part that you probably could have just made young Darth Vader, if you had to have him be a kid, be a very, very, very ancillary character in the first one and just brought him up uh you know being almost silent character and then bring him up in 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 this in the second one so he's a guy who knows storytelling without a doubt knows star wars storytelling without a doubt the most heartening thing i have heard is jj abrams in interviews say that he understands and acknowledges the plot problems with super eight and star trek into darkness (laughs) yeah Yeah, and, and he's willing to admit that uh which is uh which is big of him because he is I mean, he's the biggest name in Hollywood if this movie is a success, without a doubt. So there it is, folks, the state of the Star Wars Union here on the debut episode of Star Wars Tonight. I was thinking to myself, Justin, what is the version of the cantina that sounds the most like the possum posse would do it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which, of course, you know what this means. It needs uh, The challenge needs to be sent out. Folks, if you want to uh, follow the show on Twitter, it's at Star Wars Tonight. You want to follow Justin Robert Young on Twitter as well, it's at Justin R. Young. Justin, if folks like Star Wars, what else would they be interested in of yours? If they like Star Wars, then they surely enjoy uh, fun and uh, connecting with each other. And if that's the case, then you guys need to go to thecontender.us. It is uh, where my brand new card game, The Contender, is available for pre-order now. Make sure you get your orders in now so you get it in your hands to play with your friends and family over the holidays. So uh, go ahead and pre-order it right now, thecontender.us. If you like Cards Against Humanity, you like Apples to Apples, you are going to enjoy this game. Take a look. 
see for yourself. Do it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on Twitter as well, at the Riley Guy. But otherwise, stay tuned. The show will be up on iTunes very shortly. And, of course, StarWarsReport.com. You can email us, StarWarsTonight at gmail.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. From the creatives behind StarWarsReport.com comes a brand new nightly podcast counting down the last 30 days until Star Wars The Force Awakens hits theaters. Star Wars Tonight will be hosted by Star Wars Report founder and editor-in-chief Riley Blanton and will feature an incredible lineup of hosts. Each day of the week will feature a special guest host with a unique and fascinating perspective on an aspect of Star Wars fandom and anything and everything from that galaxy far, far away. The week kicks off on Monday with comedian and podcaster extraordinaire. He's the host of the Night Attack podcast and so many more, Justin Robert Young. Some people enjoy Star Wars not for great characters, but for escapism or lightsabers or any number of different things that are rich and interesting. On Tuesdays, we bring in the head honcho of Geek Out Loud and the Gulliverse Network of Podcasts, Steve Glosson. When you get to Empire and they're there in the carbon freezing chamber, look how... Could I have said that any more hit? The carbon freezing chamber. <laughs> hey, we're going to go down there to the carbon freezing chamber and do some carbon freezing. Skywalker's just landed, my lord. Hey, let's see what will freeze now. On Wednesday, we feature... Amy Ratcliffe. She's a writer for Nerdist, StarWars.com, Star Wars Insider, and so much more. But, you know, they got the Stormtrooper armor there, and it kind of just puts you, like, right in. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, he doesn't look like he wants to be there. And it just kind of pulls you into the mystery. And on Thursdays, we talk to South Georgia radio personality and host of My Star Wars Story, Scott Ripon. Man, when we were kids, it beat us over the head with a shovel. Yeah. Yeah. There was no opportunity to fall in love with it. It was like, bam, there it is. Your life's changed. You can find Star Wars Tonight every weekday evening on StarWarsReport.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Star Wars Tonight on iTunes and your podcatcher of choice. May the Force be with you. Yeah.